You're so corny. If you know, if you've heard that before, you know the topic of this week's episode. I am Rodrigo Monaco Barros, and with me as always is... Brian this, Fisher. This is Alternative History, where we bring you a topic, decide if that topic merited a different uh, result, a different perception, an alternative history. And and if, if you know that intro, you know that we are talking about My So-Called Life. A television show that ran in 1994 to 1995 that lasted one season. One awesome, fantastic season. And we are proposing the thesis that this show should not have been canceled after one season, or at the very least, should have been renewed for a second season is probably what I should say. Yeah, yeah. Before we break into that, again, Alternative History, uh, you can find us on Google, you can find us on iTunes, uh, and uh, please subscribe, please uh, rate, it helps us out an awful lot. Sure. And just remember, last week we talked about clowns. Clowns, yeah, and uh, Rodrigo basically single-handedly destroyed any chance we had of getting a sponsorship with McDonald's by... By pretty much saying Ronald McDonald was the, uh, the poster child for, for diabetes. And the most diabetes. murderous clown ever. So, yes, sorry about that, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. So, without let's not waste too much time. You guys know what we do, so let's go on to our topic this week. My So-Called Life. Yeah. So, My So-Called Life, uh, it ran from August 25th, 1994 to January 26th, 1995. So, we can just talk a little bit about what was going on in 94. Real quick thing I want to say before we even break anything. Sure. I feel like ABC is really good at that uh, at that teenage show, like The Wonder Years, Fresh Off the Boat, and Boy Meets World, where it's essentially ambiguous teenage characters full of drama. Even though those shows were comedian, or rather those shows were comedic, where My So-Called Life was not so comedic, it was a drama, but it really yeah, was one of them teenage drama. shows that caught everything. Sure, and, and we'll get more into the rundown of yeah. uh, My So-Called Life and uh, everything, but we just want to kind of... What we do is when we when we pick something that's kind of locked in time, like last week we talked about clowns. Clowns have been around forever, right? Well, not forever, but a long, long time. Especially forever, since time of yeah. Egypt, since ancient Egypt. Yeah. So, uh, my so-called life was only ran for a year. Uh, I, I I looked up mainly 1994 stuff because it the the bulk of it ran in '94, and that's basically uh, um, what we what we looked at to uh, for pop culture. Um, uh, movies, music, sports, TV. So the the movie list is fantastic. So Shawshank Redemption came out. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, uh, The Professional. The really, they're all really fantastic. Good by the way, I'm yeah, sorry, fantastic. fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Lion King, fantastic. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, there was a whole bunch of other uh, Jim. Car- it was like the year of Jim Carrey. I think uh, the Mask came out that year, and Ace Ventura. Like a couple, um, like six months later, or something. Like Legends that. of the Fall came out uh, with our homeboy Brad Pitt. It was all right. Awesome. It's not fantastic, but it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Uh, True Lies, Natural Born Killers. That movie's fantastic. Yep. Speed. I still got the uh, haircut from Speed. <laughs> the Crow, fantastic movie. Uh, Clerks. Uh, kind of ushered in the uh, um, independent uh, movie scene. Uh, Wyatt Earp uh, with Kevin Costner, we who we discussed in episode yeah. five of Waterworld. Uh, the Santa Claus came like a holiday uh, staple. And a movie that kind of was on the older spectrum of, of you know the culture of 1994. Uh, re- not older, but the older end of the alternative movement uh Reality Bites. Mm. That was more like 20-somethings in, in Seattle. Exactly. Unlike what, you know, my so-called life is 
teenage life in Pittsburgh. In, in Pittsburgh. I wasn't so. clear, by the way. The Shawshank Redemption was fantastic. Pulp Fiction, fantastic. And yeah, Forrest Gump was would, fantastic. There, there would have amazing. to be something. It was like just four straight hits that you mentioned in a row. Wrong with your brain. I didn't off, think yeah. those movies were great. But anyhow, so some of the top singles, they seem kind of out of place with my memory of 1994. Uh, so the number one single was uh, The Sign by Ace of Bass. I'm not going to say that's fantastic. Don't sing any of these either, Rod. No, you swore <laughs> off in, in the I Wish yep. category. I will not be singing. Don't worry. Um, I Swear by All for One. Um, not fantastic. No. I, I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men, which sounds more of like a threat. Than, it's not. That song's fantastic, by the way. Than a song title. Uh, the Power of Love by uh, Celine Dion. Uh, Hero by Mariah Carey. And stay by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. Not a lot of fantastic songs. No, not not at least not in our wheelhouse. I mean, mm-hmm. someone probably thought some people. Obviously, they were the big people hits, of 1994. Yes. The majority of some of people uh, loved them. Uh, album releases of of, of note: uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, released the Downward Spiral. Uh, Soundgarden came out with the Super Unknown that pretty much uh, rocketed them to the next to the stratosphere. Uh, Beck hit the scene with Mellow Gold. Uh, I think Loser was on that one. I think so. Um, Allison Chains uh, dropped Jar of Flies. Tori Amos came out with Under the Pink. Outcast came. That was their their debut debut album. album. I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce the album. Weezer came out with the Blue album. Uh, Jeff Buckley came out with Grace. Notorious B.I.G. with Ready to Die. Fantastic. Yeah, very good album. Uh, Nirvana dropped uh, MTV Unplugged. It was actually it was released after um, Cobain's death. And uh, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, TLC, Pearl Jam, and Veruca Salt also um, dropped albums that year. STP dropped Purple, by the way. Also a yeah. very good album. Uh, April 5th, Kurt Cobain commits suicide. Um, some people say that might have been the end of the grunge era. Um, that's debatable. Uh, Woodstock 94... Uh, they had the 25th anniversary of the original Woodstock that year. Uh, the goings on on TV, which is going to be where we're going to be focusing. Um, Seinfeld was the top show, uh, in, and the others in order were ER, Home Improvement, Grace Under Fire, Monday Night Football, 60 Minutes, NYPD Blue, Friends, and Murder, She Wrote, and Roseanne were in a tie for ninth. I love the mess out of ER. Yeah, I watched I watched it um, for a while. Um, it was pretty good. My Soul Called Life was 116th in the ratings, um, so you can see why it Not great. might could have been canceled. Um, Simpsons was 68th, and that would have been what about the fifth season? Yep. Maybe the fourth. It would have been right around like the, when they were like the best, the, yes. the heart of it, where it was yeah, you know, it's golden age. And Beverly Hills 90210 was 46th. In, in, the ratings. in the world of sports, uh, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 28, 33-13. There was no World Series as they struck yep. and ruined the Montreal Expos first and like only really good year. Was Vla- Vlad was on that team, right? Yeah, I don't remember. No. Pedro Martinez, I think, was on that Pedro. team. Yeah. Yes. And I think that, I want to say like one of those dudes, I can't remember who was on the verge of getting 400 that year and they, and they, and they cut the... Season uh, short. Uh, I think it was think 20, 20 win. And Griffey was getting close, close to 50. To, yeah, and, and with a good chunk of the season left, yep. there's a chance he could have done it. 
uh, broke Maris's record. The Houston Rockets beat the New York Knicks in seven games, uh, and New York Rangers, in a sport I don't care about, broke their 50-year curse and not winning a championship and won the Stanley Cup in 1994. That's hockey? Yes. Yeah. The most important thing, as far as I'm concerned, was that Brazil won their fourth world championship in that summer here in the United States. That was pretty well, awesome. If you go back to my alternative would history, have been their fifth my alternative universe, it would have been, would have been their fifth. And of note, besides them winning that World Cup, on the opening day uh, of that tournament, O.J. Simpson has his Bronco chase. Yeah. So it was... 94 was... Like, that 94-95 year that we, we studied last year, like I said, with, or last week with Waterworld, and then 94, like, a lot of stuff happened, man, like, in, in those two years. Like, it was yeah. an impressive couple, couple years, for sure. So, so getting back to my so-called life, uh, like we said, it was a teen drama told from the point of view of a female lead character, uh, and her name was Angela Chase. Yep. Um, it was created by Winnie Holtzman, um, produced by Edward Zwick and Marshall Herskovitz. Uh, originally aired, like you mentioned, from August 25th, 1994 to January 26th, 1995. Uh, went up against Mad About You and Friends on NBC and Martin and Living Single on Fox. I think Martin's a very underrated sitcom. Martin's fantastic. Yeah. And Friends is, is... I don't really like that show, but it's a legendary <laughs> show. You know what I mean? I know, I know a lot of people that drop references from it. I don't understand any of them. Just because I've never really watched it, um, but from what I understand, it's good. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was definitely going up, against, going up against some good shows for sure. So April nineteen ninety five. So this would have been about f- three four months after uh, the show ended its run on ABC for the first season. Uh, April nineteen ninety five. MTV, MTV started showing repeats, and it was done in an effort to try to get the show renewed for a second season to see if they could pick up a, a, a larger following. Um, shortly after that, it was canceled because of low ratings. Then there was a uh, an online campaign to to bring the show back, which was the from, first of its from kind. What our research showed it was the first of its kind yep. on the uh, on yep, the yep. interwebs, and it almost worked. Uh, they considered bringing it back, but apparently there was some reluctance from Claire Claire Danes, who had moved on to uh, a movie career. Um, the f- first one might have been. Uh, Romeo and Juliet with uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Titanic fame. A film I've never seen. Yeah, we haven't seen that, but I, I hear it's good. Um, super long, from what I understand too. Um, well, we never. I mean, we know the ending, so you know What's why point? bother watching it, right? Um, so they consider bringing it back, but there was some hesitance, reluctance from Claire Danes, and um, it seems like ABC may have used that as an excuse to to. Put the nail in the car. As the impetus to cancel. Yeah. So let me ask you this: the part I missed, and I'm not, I, I missed, I misheard you or I misunderstood. So it was the last episode already aired in January, and then mm-hmm. in April, MTV got the what? The rights to broadcast. It sounds. It sounds like it was a joint effort between ABC and oh, um, MTV I didn't know to that. rebroadcast it to to, to kind of test the waters to see if it could uh, go on for a second season. And I remember that MTV had the show because I remember and watching they re- it. They played it over again a lot later. After yes, that. and that's absolutely. that's where I kind of came into it. I don't believe I ever watched it on its initial run on ABC. Hmm. Um, my remember my uh, history of it with me is it it was it was always on MTV, and that's where I discovered it. I definitely watched it while it was on its run, and. We'll talk a little more about the stuff, but I want to comment that I don't remember having ever seen the pilot until we watched it for this for this sure, project, yeah. and I don't think I'd seen the second episode, but like once or twice, and maybe in bits and pieces. 
once we got to the third episode, it kind of all started coming back to me. Because I'm certain that I'd seen those episodes. Before I rewatched it, I had definitely seen all of them. Mm. I had, uh, um, I think it was, it might have been streaming on Netflix at some point when we when I first got that. I, I, there was, I don't know. I watched it on M- MTV so much that I, I saw it probably not in the order that it originally aired, but understood. So every episode, and we're gonna discuss it. Like I say, since I had never seen that pilot. Angela looks so different in the first episode. Oh yeah, she was the, like, like the rest she of the might have been like thirteen years old when she when they were. I didn't know that. Thirteen or fourteen, and I think she was fifteen by the time they they went again. and started doing episodes two through nineteen. And you can see it like she looks so different, like just this she from. I mean, I get the two years a lot, but she looked like a child compared to looking like a teenager. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, and and to be fair. Uh, juxtaposed against some of the other characters who were Much significantly older. Jared Leto was like 20, 21, something like that. And she was yeah. like 14. So, yeah. Um, some interesting things about it. Uh, apparently, uh, Alicia Silverstone was almost cast as Angela. Oh, yeah. That was, like, that was like peak Alicia but, Silverstone time. But, and, and the thing I don't really get, like, I, have, I, had, a, I had a crush on uh, Angela Chase, is they. As I thought she was beautiful, and um, they apparently thought Alicia Silverstone was too too good looking, which I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, because you wouldn't be able to believe that she was some sort of loser in high school. Yeah, yeah, and and trying to like like find you know, her re- way, if like, you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Re- reimagine her life uh, with her new with her new friends. So, um, so yeah, uh, so we start. Getting into the episodes here. Absolutely. I mean, it was only 19 episodes. It was a very, very limited run for a... Very quick, absolutely. It real fast. And for me... long drama. The first two episodes were a little disappointing. Like, I was a little worried that it was going to be like the water world where, like, I went back in the 90s and it was going to be it was going to be sad that I was watching something that I liked back then. Yeah. But the show gets better as it progresses. Like, mm-hmm. significantly better. But yeah, like I said, the first two were kind of like, obviously, they're finding their feet. Uh, but it gets, like I said, much better. I would say episode six... Reminds me of the Wonder Years. That's where they have a actually a lot of the episodes in this show remind me of the Wonder Years. It's and, like, and the show, I from from my research, from what I understand, uh, the show it, it was kind of they wanted to do a a, a female driven Wonder, Wonder Years, years. but not going back in time. Yeah, yeah, be. yeah. A modern version of of that show. And so, like I said, for me, the show started getting interesting at the third, uh, at the sixth episode, they had a, they had a substitute teacher episode, basically. So like, this happens in 90s television, it happened in The Simpsons, we talk about that all the time. It happened in The Wonder Years, for sure. It was like, the exact same and show. And I definitely, I definitely conflated the, to the that episode with the, the Simpsons episode where Dustin Hoffman's the teacher. teacher. And I couldn't remember, when I was watching it, I was like, wait, does Lisa Simpson go and meet him afterwards a- after he got fired or does Angela chase him? See, exactly. So, uh, but, but I, I, I do, like, that episode six, um, like, I don't know if you ever had a teacher that inspired you, mm-hmm, right? Absolutely. And I had one, you know, um, like that, uh, in, it, it was in a religion class and uh, just, it just made me think back to, like, you know, how, how, what it's, Small things teachers can do to you know ins- inspire you, and the one the one that I had, uh, I'm not gonna, I can't remember his name, so I won't say his name, but it was a religion class, and uh, I wrote a. Uh, uh, they were like, write write what you think the world would be, the world should be like, and I wrote it should be like the song Imagine by, by John, John uh, John Lennon, and he actually played it the next day, which was slightly blasphemous. Because 
in the song, he says, imagine there's no God. No, no yes. God, no religion. We went to a religious school, yes. So, I gave him a lot of credit for that. I thought he, he you know, he, you know, probably stepped out of bounds by, by doing that, right? Right, so, of course. But he got I, you. I, yeah, in that episode, yeah, totally related to the, you know, the... I believe the teacher you're talking about was Mr. Heimbach. I might be wrong on that. No, no, no it, wasn't, the, it wasn't him. The teacher I had, I think it was, was like it was. It started with the Z. Zeller. The teacher that I had was uh, I had a similar teacher and sophomore year, so it definitely coordinates or correlates with this show for me because like I hated school. Like I was a terrible, terrible student. Like except for this one class where this teacher Pam Mueller saw that I wasn't stupid and she made me work. And like I think it, as you said, inspired. Got me on the right track, but yeah. like whatever. Let's not talk about teachers actually, too much. Well, Mr. Heinbach actually, it was the opposite. He uh, he he yelled at me in class for farting. Oh yes, that's right. So there was there there were relig- both religion classes. One inspired me to to want to be artistic, and the other one gave me gas. Did not so. exactly. Uh, episode seven, where we learned that uh, Jordan is dyslexic, uh, and where he writes a song about a car, was a fantastic episode. Yeah, like, the ending really, really good. So the ending was kind of the ending of that episode was almost like I don't know if he if they meant it to be funny or the way he just says it, and he's like, where Ricky's like, well, yeah, you wrote that song, and he's so, like, yeah. About my car, and so the whole episode, you ble- you're led to believe that Jordan has written this song about Angela. It's called "Red" is the song title. Yeah, Angela has red hair. He has a red Plymouth. Now, in my brain, he had a red Mustang. He did not have yeah. a Plymouth. That's so a mistake. You were conflating his awesomeness <laughs> with my awesomeness. You had a red and Mustang. Yes. I had a red. Mu- well, it was my brother's, and then he went and joined the army. So then I drove it around. So, but yeah, yeah, that's. It, 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 it they look I mean it looks I don't know I can't I don't know cars all that well right I don't know it what looked kind like of car that kind of car. Had, I, don't, I don't know it was Plymouth I'm not sure it was like a Charger yeah. or something like yeah. that uh, episode 9 the Halloween episode where the little sister dresses up as Angela and acts just like her was fantastic because I, I'm telling you there are certain points where like there, there are a lot of points in this show where like I don't like the characters like they're all kind of shitty we talked about this, uh, yeah, when we we're when we we're getting ready for for this episode. We we did we did mention that they were all pretty pretty shitty. Nothing redeemable. Shit on each other. Yeah. The only one that that kind of really had like a true heart of gold was Ricky. Ricky. Everybody else was reprehensible. You know what I mean? Like like they really yeah. were. Like I mean like and when I, I guess you have to watch the show to really understand. But I'm just saying Angela just, was terrible with her parents. Just give, like, we'll just give some examples. Yeah. So Angela basically uses Brian Krakow any chance she gets to. To, to to further her obsession with Jordan with, with Carolina, Carolina. Exactly. or like she uh she was just like every she, time that her mom would talk to her she was just anno- just obnoxious like like, like yeah. why are you talking about this I'm not a child like I don't I understand that teenagers do that I understand that I also remember that time in my life I wasn't the nicest person to my mother I get that like we were all kind of upset as teenagers but like everybody was jerks like like we're talking about like the the father. Starts off the show by almost cheating on the mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 and and it kind of alludes to the fact that at the end that that shit might, might happen, happen again. again. Exactly. With, like, uh, so basically, the characters are terrible. And like, Angela comes off as kind of annoying and pretentious in the early episodes. And so when the sister acts just like her and just you know says the dumb shit that Angela would kind of say, it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, like, it, was it was fantastic. Yeah. And I know we disagreed on this. I also enjoyed the Christmas episode. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Remember, I, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's well. So with that episode and the Halloween episode, they got into like a like a more mystical kind of uh, like magic is real kind of feel. You know, like it it it, it kind of stepped outside of the bounds of the, of the actual. Of the actual it was it was so grounded in reality and 
and emotion and feeling that when you get all, you know, uh, otherworldly with it, the reason I it kind of pulls you out of the show a little, a little bit. bit. I know? hear you. I hear you. But the reason I accepted it is that I also remember that this was a different era in television. It's not like it is now where it's like, you know, they drop episodes or they drop series and it's 13 episodes per season and it's whenever they want to. Like back in the day when shows were all like 26 episodes, almost all of them had special holiday sure. themed episodes. Yeah. And you had yeah. to do something kind of tricky or special to like to make it worth it. You know what I mean? So like, And I guess it's just because I, I so bought into the to the to the feeling of the show that it it felt like it pulled me out oh, when she was like you know seeing that Nikki Driscoll like that dead guy on Halloween I'm like that doesn't happen that never happened to me like maybe she's on drugs that exactly. I haven't taken yet <laughs> or something like that like, maybe, uh, and and then uh, when uh, when ever like the mom and everyone's keep seeing this ghost or not the ghost that uh, shit was dumb she, by she ended the way. up being yes. an angel or yes, whatever. yes yes yes. I'm mean, like, if she's got an angel, like, why does she need boots? Well, you just gave your boots to a perfectly good angel that probably can't even tell if it's cold out, right? Exactly. I would think, right? Like, well, yes. Especially, or if you're dead, you don't really feel it. But yes, I, I totally Anyhow. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at this know. point, the other thing, too, that we end up learning as we're watching this, right? Jordan Callano kind of sucks. Straight douche. Yet, I bit this whole dude, I bit this dude's style. Like, oh, my goodness. Life. Oh, my God. I, it was so, it was so lame. I, I put on a little choker thing on my on my neck. Someone actually asked I have me. have one too, for sure. Someone asked me. It was like a rope. Someone asked me why why I was wearing a dirty piece of string around my neck. And I was like, I was like, man, you don't understand, man. Ugh. But see, I I looked. I, I felt like Jordan Catalano. A lot of it. But I kind of look like Brian Krakow. <laughs> and your name was Brian. Yeah, my <laughs> name was Brain. Help the, me, Brain. The rings on the right hand. I did that. For a long time, until about my, in my mid twenties, yeah. for sure. On the, uh, on the what? On the index finger, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, the long sleeve undershirt. I still wear that shit. Like, every, like not every day. I'm but wearing I'm right uh, now. I'm wearing a, a, a Jordan Catalano uh, type shirt, shirt right, right now. now yeah. As we speak. Uh, the long hair. You know, it, I've gone through periods of long hair, and that hair is, of course, was never as awesome and stylish as his. But I definitely tried that. You know what I mean. And lastly, and I'm sure some people can relate, he smoked Marlboro's. I'm absolutely positive that I smoked Marlboro's consistently because he was smoking Marlboro's. I'm yeah. certain he was a big influence on me in that. My dad was more influence on that, but yeah, that too, probably that too. Yeah, it's so yeah, I know we both smart, smoked Marlboro's back then for a long time. And I had the red car for so, a while. So we don't make any bones about it. We live here in Milwaukee, and uh, one of the things that I found really interesting about the show is how it. it it was almost like ripped from the headlines kind of stuff. So, yeah. like, there was the episode where uh, Rayanne's mom, Ran mom throws a party, right? And she lets people drink at, their, at her house. Only mm-hmm. she didn't... I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. She didn't know exactly what was going to happen at this party when she left, but but she knew that people were going to be drinking. This reminded me of something that happened in the neighborhood I grew up in, right? Man. Where, like, like there was, like, a graduation right around this time, in, right around the mid-90s, too, where there was a high school graduation, you know, at this... There was a party at this person's house. The parents let the kids drink. A kid drove off, and inevitably there was a car accident. The father ends up going to jail. The parent of the house, the dad, ends up going to jail. The mom gets stuck with all kinds of lawsuits. So, like, when that show was happening, it kind of, like, made me really uncomfortable. Because, like, they were... It, that party went out of control. You know what I mean? Like, like no. it was Ferran's birthday. It was a huge, huge party that like you always see in these high school movies and high school shows. But, like, it made me really kind of uncomfortable. Whereas, like, in those movies and shows, they always make those parties awesome. And, like, it's be fantastic. 
They did a good job in the show of not making that party so awesome and fantastic. It was just like... Yeah, it wasn't like uh, Beverly Hills 90210 where even if shit did go off the rail, like Dylan McKay pulled the shit together. It would be resolved within the last two minutes. No, like, mm. I do heroin, but my hair is perfect and I don't have track marks. <laughs> I don't think that's what 90210 was like. But yes, you're right. I, he, I, did, he did heroin, I, right? I don't remember. I don't, I don't think it was so. Maybe something. Maybe, but whatever. whatever. But your point is not lost. You're absolutely right. And so like when... uh. What I thought I did a really good job of in that time, it, it, the show did a good job of putting me in that mind frame, in that 90s space, yeah, or that teenage space. And I do remember, like, when you would do dumb shit, like, drink when you shouldn't be drinking or partying, like, how, like, it could go out of control so quickly. Like, when you're just having a good time, having a good time, and then someone's messed up. And they it did takes a, one person to ruin the fucking thing, and, too, right? And they did a great job with that shit, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like right yeah. was just got wasted, like, like, terribly. Like, I think she, in one sequence, she literally... Popped a pill, took a shot, and drank a beer. And I was like, I don't think you should do it that way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and sure enough, she got sick and had to have her stomach pump. It was, it yeah. was a good episode. Patty Chase sure. came to the rescue. Exactly. As I say, the show was really, really good at demonstrating the authenticity of that era. Like, uh, it just... It, it, or showing the stupidity of that age. Kind of what you were saying earlier, how, like, everything was so serious. Like, everything was so important. But, like, the yeah, long and, run... And, and, and like we were talking before, like... I felt the exact same way. Like I could totally identify with Angela Chase. Like everything felt like it was the end of the world. Uh, well, it felt like it felt like my life sucked and that everything that I did was so freaking serious and everything was so important. And compared to my life now, which is like a hundred miles per hour and like every decision I make is like I'm important. affecting yeah, important the, the lives and, the you know, kids' I got lives, you have kids and, all the time, and yeah. mortgage and 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 I gotta keep a keep a steady job and all that. All that jazz. So, it's, 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 looking yeah. back, it, it wasn't. But like I, when I watch the show, when I still watch it, I still get that feeling. It's encapsulated in that in that show, and I, it's a it's probably a feeling that I'll never lose watching it. No, exactly. It does a really good job of catching that era. And like so, so that party, right? Or the other part that I thought. I mean, of course, we're hyping it up. There are some shitty parts, like the scene where, or, or the next episode, right? Where like Angela and Ricky are really worried about Rayanne relapsing yeah. and Rand's all like don't worry about me I hate when you guys are doing that and then the very next scene she sips a beer and falls off the wagon just really kind of stupid I was like yeah they were like wait, they were waiting in line, in line for, for a movie, movie. And, and she grabs a beer from some random dude that shit was never happening singing and that was that was just after she messed she, up yeah well that was she was gonna um, she was supposed to sing for Frozen Embryos <laughs> the, the band that Jordan Catalano was in before he started 30 Seconds to Mars <laughs> yes. and then uh um so she did. She she like you know flaked on that, or I think she, she got she stage got scared. fright. Stage really fright, yeah. And then and then she they're standing in line and she starts singing and it turns out she's got a really good voice. And then all of a sudden everyone's clapping and then some some guys just standing in line drinking a beer, right? I and mean, a, a movie, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I mean, it probably happens in Milwaukee. I mean, most of the movie theaters stand in line. I suppose inside. Yes, that's what I'm There's saying. There's a couple on the east side where you stand outside, but. Um, and then she, she grabs his beer, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. You just told us not to worry about it. And, we're yeah. not, and then it, I just thought it was kind of dumb, but whatever. I'm not going to hate too much. I thought that was kind of wake. Well, one of my favorite lines of the entire in the entire show was, uh, do we have to keep talking about religion? It's Christmas. This was said by Danielle. <laughs> I thought that shit was hilarious. Uh, Rayanne, uh, there was a, so in that Christmas episode, there's a subplot of like the characters helping out on a teenage suicide, suicide helpline, help yeah. right? 
And I thought that Ray Ann showed some redeemable quality when Brian Krakow called that line. Yeah. And, you know, she didn't know what to do. She basically sex-talked him. And sex- that part, I'm not saying it's redeemable, but the fact that, that she tried to make... seven line doesn't Exactly. Yeah. She tried to make him feel better. I thought that was kind of interesting, you know? I thought that, uh, in that episode, back to what you're talking about the angel, I thought that mom, I thought that Patty acted so lame during the whole episode. Like, she was just annoying throughout the whole episode. Kind of, there's a scene where, like, uh... She was, like, make, she's mega mom. Like, she, like... They they she she turned her mom up to eleven like that whole series exactly and yeah. so like there was a scene right where they fight and like and like uh, Angela says that could be me that could have been me and like as referring to the teenage or the, the homeless girl and uh, the mom's like that can never be you she freaks out and it's like how do you not recognize that by the grace of God go I kind of situation and as I'm watching it like the very next scene or, or not the very next scene a couple scenes later like. The mom is talking to the angel, and sure enough, someone says, by the grace, and the angel says, of God, go I. So I'm like, ha, I was just thinking the same shit. You know what I mean? Like, stop being, a, yeah. stop being lame, you know? And, yeah, uh, and, and I think, so, like, part of part of the show is showing a suburban girl, like, how she's being exposed to all these things that aren't safe and in the cocoon that her parents built in the suburbs, which, right? Which in I the, guess is a real common experience for many people in high school, right? In teenage years. Like yeah, a lot, a lot of people were... Sheltered. Me and you didn't have that same... No, we were not sheltered. <laughs> upbringing, but, like, like I can... And, I and like, <clears throat> we were talking earlier, and I can... I totally, like, I saw it from, like, Ricky's point of view, where you see this perfect nuclear family. Seemingly perfect And you kind of you kind of want that. Not that we had horrible... Upbringings, but we was different. We were, like we we were exposed to more real things. By nineteen ninety four, sorry, mom and dad, my parents were already divorced. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I was, it was, yeah. it was, I was, I did, I had not experienced a nuclear family yeah. in a long time, and like, yeah, like my did. dad, my dad was drinking all the time, and I was joking with someone like my dad was on the opioid crisis before anyone before <laughs> it was there even was a, a crisis, crisis. <laughs> doing his own doing his own dental work, coming home and seeing teeth laying on the. T- <laughs> He oh, pulled no. out his own tooth. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. With the pliers. Oh, my gosh. Just because he didn't want to go to the dentist. So, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you didn't... S- I would imagine when Angela came home, she didn't ask her mom, hey, mom, where'd that tooth come from? Right? Exactly. Yeah. No, that kind of... No, to your point, exactly. As a divorce kid at that era, like, it was it was, it was, was always weird to see parents and families that were normal, that you'd seem to be a normal, and you really don't know... And everyone's family... I mean, even if people who grew up, family. everyone's exactly. family seems exotic anyways. And we all know that everybody's family's messed up. Everybody's got something yeah. going on. Yeah. We just didn't really recognize that as teenagers. You know what I mean? So I thought the show did a good job of catching that as well. Sure. Uh, as I said, the show is much better as it progresses. Like, I don't think the characters really develop during the run of the show, but I feel like the characters develop... Because I keep doing stupid shit over and over, but I feel like the characters develop in episodes. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, there's like a character sure. arc and then goes back down, basically. But you don't like, it's not like they learn anything, which is kind of weird. It's like, that's one thing I. But I think that's kind of like how real life is, right? Like, any kind of major change that you make is going to be gradual and almost like, like you won't see it. Like, it's going to be over the course of. I suppose. Five, no, ten years, years. As opposed to, you know, just your sophomore year of high school. I was probably the same douchebag I was the beginning of sophomore year. It was at the end of it, right? Right. No. Like I don't think I, I don't think I turned into a fully fledged decent human being until around the age of twenty five. Well, I just think that I, I would agree. I'm not saying that we should, as humans outside of TV, expect character development to be so linear. I get that, but on television shows, you kind of do. I, I kind of do want linear character development. Like, no, I don't want that. Maybe that's why this show is so interesting. Like, uh, 
one of our one of our listeners reached out to us and suggested that we do an episode on on, on basically how there are so many shows with antiheroes. So basically, it's sort of like Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, and well, that's a new. Yeah, that's like a, a and, well, trope. What, exactly. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to approach that, but but I found it interesting they said that and we were studying this because it wasn't so much that. We're looking for anti-heroes, but this show was a really good job of showing flawed characters. And maybe I shouldn't be so hard on saying that they didn't develop or they should have developed better as the show progressed because then maybe you lose something in the show. I get that. But at the same time, it was just kind of annoying to watch them do the same thing over and over. Kind and of don't watch thing. Mad Men. No. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You'll you're right. be frustrated. Which, a little bit. No, I understand. Uh, it was weird. One of the weirds. There's a Rand and Sharon, right? Like... It's weird to me how their relationship, how they kind of act like they hate each other, but they're friends. And they so let's let's maybe maybe we should just get into a little bit of the backstory of like the characters, the characters yeah, and then how they interact. So yeah, so you brought up Rayanne and and Sharon. So Rayanne's the party girl, right? The 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 exotic friend that Angela Chase makes. She was formerly best friends with, with Sharon. Sharon. And they, they grew up together. Yeah, but when they start sophomore year, they kind of start separating. And, and Angela friends with and Sharon's kind of. Sh- straight laced she's on like yearbook and like like 12 other clubs and in band and all that stuff angela used to do that stuff with her but then she kind of breaks away the beginning of the show she's breaking away from sharon and moving towards rianne and then it kind of makes an abrupt turn somewhere where sharon Sharon starts coming back into the fold sharon and rianne start becoming friends because they always run into each other in, in the bathroom there's a lot of bathroom scenes which i find Kind of Inter- yeah, interesting. Weird. I mean, in today's day and age, there's no way that. Well, maybe there is. I don't know. I'm not in high school, but yes, Ricky being in the girls' bathroom all the time was kind of surprising. When you yeah, I mean, today. and we can get into the Ricky character a little bit more. Um, he was the first openly gay character on primetime television, Correct. and I think he was portrayed beautifully by um, uh, Will, Wilson Cruz. Cruz, Wilson Cruz. I'm sorry, yeah, yep. the Very actor uh, Ricky Vasquez was his. Was his uh, Enrique, um, as Mr. Katimsky says, Katimsky, that's yep. correct me earlier. Um, so, so yeah, he, he's he's the one character who seems like he's got redeeming qualities throughout. And he's he's put he's put through the ringer in awesome. the show. Yep. Gets uh, bullied for his sexuality, um, and there's families. There's, the family kicks him out. That kind of stuff. It, yeah, it he's homeless. He goes through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Brian Krakow is Angela's friend, lives next door to him, has a crush on her. She does not yeah. reciprocate. Jordan Carolano is the older, in high school, sophomore year. Yeah, so... Already held back two years, dude that she has a crush on. Yeah, so he's technically a senior, but he's been held back, so he's he's a, he's still a sophomore. So I, I like to believe that he's a young senior, so he's 17 <laughs> still in the this, in this show. Because if he's eighteen, and then that shit's just gross. It's just gross, right? So I, I'm I'm leaning on the fact that he's he's seventeen. Fair enough. So uh, who else we got? We got Patty and Graham. Those Patty are Angela's Graham. parents. Yeah, Danielle's so sister. Yep. They have a seemingly from the outside a picture perfect relationship, but you know, and I think the show does a really great job of focusing on the adults. In just that as, show, just yes. as much, absolutely. Maybe not just as much, but almost as much as as the teenagers. You're right. You're absolutely and right. And when I was rewatching it, it was it was amazing how much like I knew like I knew like the plot points of the parents previously when I watched it when I was like a teenager, and in my early twenties, 
but I relate it to a way, way more now being married and a parent, you know? Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't have a teenage kid yet, but it's sometimes it feels like Jack's a teenager <laughs> when he gets all surly at me. Uh, I really like, oh, and then Sharon has a boyfriend, or I don't know if we boyfriend, Kyle. Kyle, Whatever, he's yeah. kind of a chump. Football. But the reason I, I bring him up is that I like that the relationships in the show are all complicated. Both Kyle and Sharon's. Patty and Graham and nothing Jordan and in the show goes smoothly for anyone. No, and which is which is great. Parts. You know what I mean? Like I think that's a good job of, of being realistic. I think they did a really good good job of that, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, another character that Brian uh, mentioned earlier was Mr. Katimsky. Katimsky, yeah. Uh, I like how they showed that he was gay. That was super duper slick. Like, like yeah. you, we don't really know throughout the show, right? Like when he first shows up, he's a new teacher. Like all the lady teachers are trying to hit on him. And you don't really notice that he's just not really interested. It's just whatever. He's, yeah. You don't really know why or anything. And then, like, as Ricky's plight progresses, he becomes more involved. And, like, there's a scene at home, right? And that's where we learn that he's homosexual. It wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't and some big deal. It wasn't a huge thing. That's the thing that I thought it was perfect and beautiful the way they did it is they made it, they normalized it. Normalized right? it. Right? So it wasn't like... Oh my god Special episode it was, it was like, like Yeah it was just like that. Okay he got home This is his life I mean the reason that I find this interesting In terms of how they did it Was this was Such a different era too In terms of gay characters Like you say With Ricky being the first one On television Remember this is the year This is still like a year Or a year and a half Before Ellen comes out Nationally right mm-hmm. like, Which was also like A big deal in that time In history You know what I mean Like yeah. I don't even think We're that far removed From Matthew Shepard Being dragged along And murdered when this show is on, yeah, so like probably not. Yeah. So like so like when they did that, that was pretty clever. But we have to give them a lot of credit for that because it was like yeah, and they innovative. And, I mean, they they took a huge step forward in in uh, in portraying gay characters on on television. I mean, you just it just wasn't just wasn't on primetime television at all. Not at all. So it was a big. Yeah, it was a big deal. As I say, uh, what was I going to say? So. I feel like we already mentioned this. The homeless girl in Christmas was kind of dumb. But again, it's, it's that idea of those 13 episode seasons compared to what was going on here. Yeah. Like, uh, what I enjoyed was, like, about the show, it really started to get good after, like, the 10th and 11th episode. Like, I almost had to, like, stop watching it. Like, because I didn't want it to end. I knew that the show was ending, and I was burning through this on, on the ABC app. Like, I was killing them. I'm like, man. I need to slow this down because the show's going to be over, which surprised me. You know, I've already seen the show. I know how good it is. But I, like, uh, I had I had the good fortune of having my wisdom teeth taken out, so I was able to <laughs> good to, fortune indeed to binge to binge it while I was laying on the couch, uh, trying to get my face to swell back down to normal size, uh, or unswell, I should say. So as I said, there's good stuff going on from like episodes 11 to about 16, right? And I think it's good because so her obsession with Jordan Catalano is is borderline manic for probably episode one through what about like nine or ten and then i think right around then it just starts kind of coming to a head right and that and that's because he's jordan catalano is basically the he's he's the the object of desire of of desire he he, in the show and and normally you see that from as, as a female, right? right? And this is one, that, and I don't know if it's the first show that did it, but it's the first one that I remember where the the male was the object of desire, uh, to something to be attained, and that's and that's what she does. She doesn't do it nearly as is. She doesn't. A lot of times you see it where the guy a, a guy will like just straight out make some kind of like falsehood or lie to to interact with with the 
with her. I mean, she kind of did that with Brian Krakow and the ID, and I think in the second episode mm-hmm. that kind of blew up in her face. But um, but yeah, so it, it was it was it was something different also, and and I think around episode nine or ten is when we start getting into where. This uh, this relationship might actually become serious, and that was clever too. The way they did that, like, uh, like he wouldn't. It, it was weird, right? Because like we talked about him being older, like, like there were a couple things that were disturbing, right? I'll get to the disturbing part first, but the part that was cool was like how he would, not that he didn't acknowledge it, that part wasn't cool, but you know he was kind of weird about it. He was being real lame, didn't want to acknowledge it. they were hanging out. Like he, he was kind of being very off putting towards her, right? And the scene where like she gets sick of it. And they're about to, and it's about to be over, and then he comes back at the end, and they hold hands, and now they're a couple. That was a really good episode. Like they episode did a re- twelve. They did great on that. Like that I think that like twelve. I believe there's a yeah. band that you like that I barely listen to. I think they make an appearance in the show, right? Buffalo. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily. I I only know the one song oh, called from Late at Night. Okay. It was Buffalo Tom, and the song was basically just the band, and the song was like I think it was in the in the show that episode twice, and there's that like slow mo version, and like. He's standing there with all his buddies, looking all tough, and Angela's over there with her friends, and then he just kind of slow-mo walks to the Late at Night song and kind of finally acknowledges to everyone that... Um, they're together. That they're together. Because that's right, because basically there, they were, there was like a... I think that Angela alludes to it, that there's a boiler room that nobody goes down to officially-wise. Yeah, he... Only he, the students go down there and make out, right? Yeah, he goes down there and they make out together, and he like... His buddies are yelling, yo, Catalano, what you doing down there? He's like, nothing. And he won't acknowledge that she's hanging out with Angela. Like, yeah. It's, it's, that's creepy. Or not creepy, that's a little bit weird. But then at the end, they're now boyfriend and girlfriend. And so, or in a relationship at the very least. And so as this relationship progresses, it's essentially him trying to get in her pants. And she's saying no, right? I mean, like, and it gets kind of skeevy and weird, dude. Like, they have, like, a, for lack of a better term, a fuck house, right? Like, like they're like... Yeah, like... He's, like so there's like some abandoned house he, that Tino knows about. He's like, he's like, uh, yeah, I, I know this place. Uh, it's got like uh, twelve bedrooms or something like that. And I was just like, ugh. <laughs> that means, like, you're just gonna go to this place where people are fucking and be like, yo, Angela. Uh, and then, and then it gets real creepy when they get into the place and he's like, oh, there's only like three, Tubes. three rooms. And they're all taken. I'm like, I know these motherfuckers aren't changing the sheets. Oh, they're not doing laundry. God. This is some dude's house. This is some like, abandoned house. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Are you going to take it to a flop house? I, Angela should have like seen the red flags there and right been like, there. all right, man, this is crazy. Exactly. This is insanity. And so the relationship essentially flames out, right? They don't, they don't, they don't. Yeah, because he gets all, he gets all like. So, so he wants she, to answer. She doesn't. She's not ready, which is she's like perfectly acceptable, right? She like, goes. Uh, she goes. Well, when they're at the house, she she kind of, for lack of a better term, like flakes out on him, which is good because it's like, well, <laughs> it's we, not the place to lose your virginity for yeah. one, right? Like, 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 like and like, yeah. or and furthermore, it's not a good place to. Not that it's ever a good place, but we're literally talking about like a statutory rape scene, you know, a statutory rape scene, like, and then like he wants to have sex with her. And just, just in a way, it's terrible. It's not a good scene. Not so a good they, place. So they like, they kind of allude that that Jordan's well well versed in the ways of women, uh, at least sexually. He doesn't talk much, or say anything really, <laughs> other, other than he's great. like monosyllabic. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like, well, you know that he has sex in pretty dank places with 
probably skeevy people. Yeah. Which is so it's, I don't know. It it's it just it it's just kind of like really gross. I congratulate Angela for saying no, dipping out, out of there. there exactly. And and the fact that that he got mad that she made it up that, uh, Rianne was drinking again and she was concerned. And he's like, and when she rides her bike over to his house and that that she rides Brian Krakow. Brian Krakow's bike, like another another, and then she leaves Brian. it there. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> So anyhow, she's totally. She's always just like shitting on poor Krakow. That's what I'm anyhow, and he still loves her. Yeah. But so, she's talking to him, and he's all like, he's all like, he's mad at her. Yeah, he's like, he's like, think what you want about me, but I never lied to you. I'd have been like, no, you just took me to a fucking fuck shack. <laughs> Nancy, and I, I ain't down with that, right? right. Like, no, nope. like you can't get mad at her. Nope. Be like, nah, all right, exactly. I'd have been like, all right, yeah, you know, let's just call it even. But I apparently, I don't know, whatever. But and so essentially they break up. I mean, they still hang out. They're still kind of friends, right? They're still kind of kicking it, but they're yeah. they're not in a relationship anymore, right? Like 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 it's alluded to that. And when she's doing his homework and tutoring him, and he's like, "This is wrong. If we were together, it'd be one thing, but you know, we're yeah. not together." So like, like they show some growth that way. Essentially, now they're 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 friends, but they're broken up. In my opinion. Like the last three episodes, episode seventeen, episode episode eighteen, and episode nineteen, yeah. are on par with some of the really good television. That yeah, we've seen. I have a hard time. I didn't. I I've seen episode seventeen. I had a. I I just. I Man, didn't, I didn't watch. I skipped that one when I rewatched it, just because that one, that one hurts. That was hard to watch. So, but I'm gonna break into episode seventeen right now. Again, we've said it best. We're from River West. We're from Milwaukee. This is our place. We love our city. The first five minutes. Of episode 17 is basically a music video for one of our most beloved bands, The Violent Femmes. That's mm-hmm. the Blitz from the Sun. It's a, it's a really great intro to an episode. Like it's fantastic, right? And uh, and like it's also an episode in which they bite the Wonder Years so hard. There's a scene where they're doing our town. Like there's a like in in my so called life. In fact, I really yeah. feel like it's the same high school as the Wonder Years High School. To be quite honest with you, I don't, I don't know. I've watched both shows extensively. But uh, in the Wonder Years, right, there's an episode back in the day where Winnie Cooper's parents are divorced. She is now performing in our town. Kevin Arnold's doing the spotlight. Like, her dad comes back in during her monologue, and then her dad and mom get back together. It was, it was a very nice scene in Wonder Years. Here in our town, uh, in, in, in my so-called life, it's a, a big deal for Rayanne to be trying out for this for this play, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's she's getting back out, stepping out of her game, stepping out of her, being a drunk, whatever. She's like... Being a normal human being, and she's doing this by she she tries out for the play by actually acting like Angela. Yeah, do you remember this? Like she yeah. was, she tried her hardest to act like Angela, and as this was happening, she was kind of creepy to me. It was kind of weird. Like it was, I didn't really like how it was happening. It gets really like it's funny. I, I guess I, I didn't really notice that, but it, then it gets real creepy at like at the end. I say episode. Here's my note: Ray Ray Ann impersonating Angela in episode 17 is disturbing as hell to me and kind of mean because, as you say, it's about to get really mean for sure. So, uh, episode 17 also has uh, the scene where Brian Krakow is walking around with that camera. Yeah, it's funny to me that you mentioned reality bites. I have that in my notes here that 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 scene uh, is reminiscent to me of the real world, which was already on. Yeah, the Blair Witch Project, which comes out within four or five years of this show. And reality bites, which I didn't like very much. Uh, but but the uh, idea, the uh, I think that the idea of a year in review video 
is funny to me now in this era of social media where we have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and we see everybody's day in review constantly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? There's like, no year in review. You're no, constantly watching. We it. know everything's going on. So it's definitely, it's kind of, that part's kind of dated to me. But uh, I like how his perspective, when it was his perspective, it would be like, it'd be like, like static in the television and then it'd be black and white. Yeah. Like that was cool. Like, I like how he did that. Like it was, it, for his perspective. And so, <clears throat> And so this episode is essentially, man. Essentially, this is the episode where like this terrible shit happens. So you to get Angela. you get towards, and I forget what part it happens in. But when you mentioned that she was acting like Angela in our town, it kind of comes back to that, to that scene where uh, Jordan Catalano and and Rianne are leaning on his car, and they're they're kind of just talking and drinking together, right? Right. So exactly, and Brian Krakow. We, oh no! I'm sorry. I want to give it You're absolutely and, right. They're, they're they're at some gathering and they're talking about Angela yeah. as they're starting and, to drink. And, and Krakow is Johnny on the spot with his camera, and he's we don't know this until after the scene ends. Yeah. But yes, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. But whatever. Which is kind of creepy that he's just sitting there yeah, recording a them. whole bunch of times like that. Okay. But Krakow's got that creepy vibe. Like oh there's a God. one part. There's one. There's one episode where. Angela comes around and he's in a tree reading with a flashlight. What the fuck? I'm like, come on, dude. That's like Pete yes, and Tom shit. Like, shit right like he's hiding his binoculars somewhere up there. I know it. But anyhow, so so they're leaning on the car talking and drinking and they're talking about Angela and Jordan is basically expressing how how he loves her and wants to be with her, right? And and and, and Rayanne's talking about her family, talking about, talking about how she Angela, wants to be her. And basically be Angela. And exactly. they basically and that and when they do actually go in Jordan's car and have sex, like that's like she wants to be Angela. He wants to be with Angela. To be with Angela and that's what they're doing. And so like I say, all of a sudden, then we get the black and white perspective. Because at this point it's just like the show's perspective that's going on. That's yeah. happening between Angela and Jordan. And then we realize that Brian Krakow was creeping back there recording the whole situation. Which, as we say, is fucked up and gross. But whatever. Uh, and like, you know, it gets messed up because like Angela doesn't believe that shit. She doesn't think it really happened. Like, like she just doesn't think it went on. And sure enough, it happens. And they have the video. Like, and it's just brutal, dude. It was, yeah, it's like you like said, it was so spreads. mean what they did to her. And so, like, uh, it ends, right? The reason I was talking about the Wonder Years, it ends really dramatically with Rayanne's monologue in Our Town, where Mr. Kaminsky makes Angela stand in for the person that wasn't there. So, basically, Rayanne is talking to Angela in character, and both characters... But it's like the same shit. Yeah. And Angela's like, did you have a good time? And she's like, no. And then they both start crying kind of shit. Like, this show did really good work, dude. Like, they were really, really clever and really, really slick. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they really put Angela, and I, I can only imagine uh, Claire Danes as an actress was just, she was, she was constantly in a, like, emotional flux. Like, there was just, it, she was all over the map. I can see why she didn't want to come back to a show in a second season, just because like, like she was either like she was the emotional like highs and lows she went through as a character is just enormous. Enormous. Uh, day. I like the day after where uh, Brian and Rand ignore Angela, and Jordan and Rand kind of beat around the bush as to like what had happened. Yeah. You know that was pretty like that was clever. Uh, I also thought it was shocking when where. Angela's mom finds out about what happened and like she reveals to Graham that she did this to her best friend Camille Sharon's mom who's in the show as well throughout the whole show 
was it Sharon? Like the the husband that she had, she slept with that. Dude? No, prior, like they were in high school. Oh, so like so like Angela can re- so again, she can relate. I'm so sorry, maybe that, okay, so that me. makes sense, and that's why she's not all like trying to murder Jordan Catalano when he's going back to that having thing. milk and cookies in her house. <laughs> exactly. Right. But Angela was so hurt. Like she did such a good job of portraying that shit. Like it was really good. Claire Danes is a fantastic phenomenal. Actress. Like, Absolutely, like amazing what she could do at the age of like fifteen. Like I was basically like monotoned and you know placid faced. Like there is nothing nothing going on <laughs> other than you know me thinking about my miserable existence, exactly. which wasn't even all that miserable. Uh, so essentially, Rand gets the part and has no one to talk about it to. Yeah, because she burned all the bridges. bridges. Yeah. Uh, as the show progresses, as I just mentioned, Camille, that's Sharon's mom. She's in the show a couple episodes. She always has Patty's back. I think that's really good. I like having yeah. friendships like that on shows. Another one of the lines that pissed me off, Brian Craig. No, I'm just going to read my notes. I was influenced by Spielberg, but my latest work is more like Tarantino. Craig out needs to shut the fuck up, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do like how they shout out Tarantino because Pulp like Fiction came Tarantino. out in 1995. You know, just... just as the show's about to come out. Uh, and there's a scene earlier where, like, Graham asks Angela what kind of music she's into. And she mentions, like, in Stone Temple Pilots. So okay. I love how they catch that stuff of the era without seeming so dated. Yeah, and, and really that's, that's like I said, when we we're when we were talking about the cultural impact of the show, it didn't seem too much, so much to it, that it created a culture as it solidified the current culture. Like, it was totally a show of its time. Like it wasn't, Perfect. it wasn't creating anything, and it, and it didn't seem dated. It just seemed, it seemed like right, it like it's like a chapter. It's like chapters, like opening a book and yeah. being in a chapter and being there. Like that's yeah. what they did a really good and job. And they got thought. a real good feeling of what it felt like. And and whenever I watch the show, it takes me immediately back to that, that space, and you get that all that feeling shit. Yes. Yeah, and it's exactly. just it's great. Yeah. Angela lost nothing. Rayanne lost everything. Was a good line because Angela basically lost a boyfriend she never had and a very shitty friend. Yeah. Whereas Rayanne <laughs> lost. Really, the only like actual good family that she'd been associated with in a long time, and her best friend, right? Uh, I do also like how Ricky points out Angela's hypocrisy is pretty good because after this happens, right? Angela did not want to have sex with Jordan, but now she wants to get back at both Jordan and Rand, so she's trying to hook up with some dude. Yeah, she's trying to hook up with some guy that Ricky has a crush on. Crush on, and so I really enjoyed the way that Ricky pointed her out and checked on that. And this is where we and then we go back to the fact that Ricky is the only. Like the, the decent character, like the conscious of the show, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yep. So, and then that's where we learned that uh, Patty did the same thing to Camille. So a little bit ahead of my time sure. there, but it's really good, man. I enjoyed that. And then, uh, yeah, I already talked about the. I already talked about our show, The Wonder Years. Characters just jerks. Like, they, oh, the characters are jerks the whole time. The characters are jerks. Like, so in the episode eighteen, they go to this bed and breakfast. Do do Patty and Graham? Yeah. And so- they leave the kids home alone. Well, but, like, Graham and his brother and his brother's new girlfriend, they, like, go to get liquor, and they're gone for, like, 12 hours or however long it is, that's and they leave Patty alone at the bed and breakfast. Characters are just jerks, like when they ditch Patty at the yeah. bed and breakfast, and they show so, up drunk as hell. Yeah. If I did that shit, Jessica would kill me. Oh, my like, God. Like, what the hell? What do you, like, why did you, like, first off, Jessica would have went with him to get liquor, so it probably would have yes. happened. <laughs> but... So yeah, anyhow, but that was just a, a jerk move, and 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 like the thing is about like all the jerk moves that happen in the sh- in the show, like when someone calls them out on the jerk move, they're usually like, oh, it's no big deal. 
like Angela's always like, oh Brian, yep, like exactly. she uses him, uh, yeah. uses it, uses her, his house to have Jordan come over. She uses him uh, at the uh, to go to the the dance because she thinks Jordan might be there. The bike, and she, then, she yeah, stole and she from him essentially for all those purposes. Stole uh, his bike. <clears throat> just just constantly, it's it's and 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 then she never really like at in the heat of it, she she never really acknowledges it until. Like later, like after the fact. Exactly. When uh, so the scene you're talking about with Patty being ditched, uh, when she calls him out for ditching him, that shit was hard to watch. Patty, or the best Armstrong was the actor. She did a really good job there. That shit was sad as oh, hell. I was, thought she was yeah. crying, like for real. Yeah. And uh, I but it's funny how it's funny, and you we talked about it off uh, off the mic a long time ago. It's funny how it's like cyclier or cyclical. I was sort of word? Cyclical. Cyclical. Yeah. For the characters, like with one character doing something. Somebody else is doing like the same thing on the other side. So, like, I found it funny that throughout the run of the show, right, they say Angela's too innocent. Angela's so innocent. Yeah. That's kind of like the running theme when Angela's like, I'm not that innocent. Similar with Patty being a stick in the mud. And she's like, I'm not that much of a stick, stick in the mud. So she gets hammered at that bed and breakfast. But she's all pissed off. Again, that scene was so hard. That, 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 that run of scenes was so hard to watch because she's doing such a good job portraying the hurt. Like, you know, yeah. she was so salty that she got dished like that. Yeah. And it was just dickheaded that they did that to her. Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, like, Brian Krakow and uh, Delia. Yep, that's the, a, a side character that shows midway through the episode is yeah. Delia. And uh, I, I like that she works at uh, uh, Big Guy Burger, where <laughs> every guy is a big guy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's, just the, it's just a creepy, weird kind of... Like, like burger call, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Anyhow, we won't be getting a big guy burger uh, sponsorship either. <laughs> either. Um, uh, going back to what you're saying about Rand always wanting to be Angela. Like, well, that, I was just gonna mention how how Brian uh, uh, does Delia wrong, where he was gonna go to the dance with her, and then uh, Angela wants to find out if she can take along because she can't go to the dance. Um, she doesn't want to go alone. So then Krakow was all like, tells you, oh, well, something else came up and thinking that maybe, you know, something will happen between him and Angela, even though Angela's going there because she thinks Jordan might go there. So she lied, he lies to Delia and then he goes and lies to Angela and says that Delia won't be at the dance because... Her aunt is sick or something which like was that. just outrageously wrong. Yeah. And then, of course, they show, was Jordan at this dance? I can't remember. He did, he was there for a little bit. And they bounced out. And then he left. Yeah, which was... A move that all of us cool people did at high school dances. I, for yeah. sure. I totally did that. I only went to one. Yeah. I'm sure so, you left anyhow, early. No, I think I stayed the whole time. Uh, anyhow. So, but in that episode, that's where every guy, all the main guy characters, male characters, express their theory on life, which I kind of <laughs> stole, which is real. Like, like so it, it goes through. So Jordan says, like, if anything happens... Whatever happens, happens, basically, right? We don't plan anything. We don't plan anything. It is to see what happens. And I used to say that all the time. Right. Because Jordan said it. Yeah. And then Krakow says it. And she says, that's the stupidest yeah. Angelus. Oh, well, she tells Jordan that she respects that philosophy on life. She tells Brian Krakow when he says it, almost the exact same thing, that that's the stupidest Stupid. thing she ever heard. Exactly. And then Graham says it, too. To Patty later. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. So, I that's hilarious. Yeah, and then I, I stole it, and I don't necessarily believe that, but... I said it because I thought I wanted to be Jordan Catalano. Um, so I was gonna say there. So we're still on the episode after the she after the betrayal occurs. Okay, yeah. Ray, as I say, Rayan always wants to be Angela. So when Patty and Graham go up to the bed and breakfast, Ricky 
Angela and Angela's sister Danielle are going to stay at the house. Uh, Rayanne wants to hang out with Ricky. She stops over for a little while. Yeah. And Camille she, had some handcuffs for Ray, for Patty to take up to the bed and breakfast yeah, to spice with Graham. They did not take the handcuffs. Rayanne finds the handcuffs, handcuffs herself to the bed. Unbeknownst to her, Patty has the key yeah. at her house. So, essentially, Angela's forced to hang out with Rand when they don't want to. The reason I bring it up, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a passing point, is that back to our point where we say that Rand wants to be Angela, near the end of that scene, when they're falling asleep, Danielle and Rand are cuddling up together, passed out on the bed, and Angela spots yeah. that. So, again, yeah. it's just kind of to the point you kinda made that she's trying to be Angela. Trying to infiltrate really trying her to life Angela. in a real weird, creepy, creepy way. The so so like eventually Patty and Graham get drunk at the bed and breakfast and are kicked out. They have to leave early, which happens in all of these well, shows. Well, mainly just Patty. Like the yes. other people are drinking, but she gets like wicked drunk and starts like causing a scene, crying, and, taking off her shirt, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yep. And so they end up coming home early. We find out as like the kids as the kids are trying to get Rayanne out of the handcuffs. At the last second, they're able to get him out, and then we learn that Patty will be home within twenty minutes. So they clean up the house real quick. That's some bullshit. We've had plenty of high school parties. I was at one where the parents showed up. We were not able to clean everything up that quickly. I guarantee it did not happen that way. Yeah, well, they weren't partying, though. They were just kind of hanging out. But the house was all fucked up that they were partying. Like, yeah. they, I mean, they messed that place up. Like, they it was just, a straight up party. But they had to clean up yeah, before yeah. the parents got there. Yeah. Uh, I really, really like how the show dealt with issues that were, like, special episodes on other shows. Like, drugs like alcohol and child abuse, like homophobia, guns, guns in a school, all that stuff. Like, yeah. like, like, like when you'd see them say like on Saved by the Bell, you had Jesse freaking out on Speed, right? Or on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, <laughs> Carlton on Speed from one episode. Or when we're alluding to some 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 of the stuff on Nine Hundred Two Null, it's like story arcs, yeah, right? And For a couple always, episodes, always, yeah. And then they they kind of they they take it to like a comical conclusion where like they're so high on Speed and. And they're just she's yeah, all running like, around and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I gotta make good grades. Like, oh, you're taking speed, so you can do good in school. All right, yeah, yeah that's the exact opposite of why most people drugs. It. Exactly. But anyhow, and so uh, whereas, like I said, those are special episodes. This show, it was the whole show was this shit. Like this whole was like what was actually happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really, really like, like I said, like I, like I mentioned, it, like so, like with like you said, there was no change. Like there was, it was just like a gradual movement of characters, and they they may have arced slightly, but. And that's how they dealt with, like, the substance, the way substance abuse was going, like, being used. Like, there wasn't, Rayanne did hit a, came to a head, but then she went, kind of went back and then kind of evened out and normalized and she still drank and did all that stuff, but it never quite got to that that's point again. Point. And that's yeah. kind of how real life is works. Yeah. It's like, you got to, like, you, you don't hit rock bottom in 30 minutes, right? Exactly. You don't, you don't, you don't start there. a drug <laughs> habit or an alcohol, you know, Abuse. become a drunk yeah. in 30 minutes and finish it and end it and, you know, and then everything's honky-dory again. You know, it takes a while to get to your rock bottom. Exactly. Patty, near the end of the show, or very end of the episode, I think it's either the last episode or the second last, I think it's the last episode, uh, Patty dreams about Princess Diana yeah, I kind of forgot how much of a cultural force she was, Diana. Yeah, like I, I mean, I totally forgot because she dies three years later, literally, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. Like, but remember before we were on board when she got married, it was like a huge wedding, and like you still see the footage of it on television. Like, I forget how huge she was, so to have her show up there was kind of odd, but also interesting. Calling the times, I think it was so. I remember my dad really liking Prince. 
Princess Diana. And um, so I think she was more important to the people who were of parental age mm. in 1994 than she was to like me and you. Us, right. Like I, I, I mean, I knew who she was. Yeah, 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 but exactly. it wasn't that big. And I know it, my dad, I remember when the day she died, my dad was watching it on TV and he was uh, all broken up about it. But, but anyway, so yeah, so it was really good that it, it, cultural references for the teenagers, cultural references for the parents and stuff like that. And it, it made it relevant for both both segments. And I think that's what kind of killed the show, though, too, is because there was confusion as to what the show was. What kind of show it was? Was I it agree. a teenager show? Was it a, an adult show? I think it was just a good, good show. Good show. Exactly. Like it, was, it was a great show. Like I think we talked about it. I think you said that if this show were to come out today, it would be on Netflix. It would be on Netflix. It would be on AMC, um, maybe even HBO. Like it would, it, it was a serious show. It was, it was great writing. Like it, like every episode, kind of built off the next one, but it, it, it didn't have like you, like no, like on a lot of shows. Like okay, I'll take like Sons of Anarchy mm. for an example, right? I saw that. So you could see yes. the plot. Right, you can see the arc that they're going for, right, and and whether or not they throw twists and turns in there, that's you know what they do, and there's shows like that, and that's what they do, and those are good shows, and I I, I enjoyed it. Um, it got a little cumbersome after a while because they kept on getting in the in the situations, and they had to like kill their way out of right. That show, yeah. There's many reasons but, why that show got dumb, other yeah. than the fact that they're like mass murderers. But yeah, yes, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just murder my way out of this situation. Not just murdering people. But, like, with this show, you couldn't see the plot. Like, so the plot was she loved Jordan Catalano. She was obsessed with him, right? Yep. And she wanted this new exciting life. And that was the plot. And that's how it moved. And you couldn't see it from episode to episode. You didn't. You never saw the plot. Mm-mm. You just felt it, right? Well, and again, to your point, like, it's like... It, it was a really good show of mimicking life because it's not like life has plots. Exactly. We just yeah. move forward. We like, keep going. You have obsessions and you you or you have goals. Probably a better way, a healthier way to state it. <laughs> right. And you try to go towards them, and then if they don't work out, and, and there's always bumps in the road, and they show that perfectly. And, Very good. And I think it's like when when they get to a point of comfort, the writers were really good at just crumbling their lives again. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's why it was kind of hard to. And that's why I said I couldn't watch episode 17 again because yeah. it was just like, oh, come on, don't do that to Angela. She worked so hard. It was like, yes, I know exactly what you mean. But then, but then, so let's get into the, the finale. The last episode. So yeah. basically it's uh, Cyrano, Cyrano de Bergiac. Brian going Cyrano reminded me of Paul when he was dating Winnie in the Wonder Years. It was like the yeah. same shit. Whatever, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, it's Roxanne, it's Cyrano de Bergiac. Like, like, it, it, basically, yeah, to make Rice. a long story short, um, Brian writes Jordan's uh, uh, love letter or uh, uh, letter of forgiveness to Angela, and it's basically all the feelings that Brian had. He wrote in the letter, and Jordan was like, "Yes, I agree." So they both love her. Just Jordan can't express it the way. I mean, he can't. He can express his love towards his car, <laughs> an inanimate object, which he can't you know, express his love towards a girl. Considering yes. you know what we've. Uh, learned of his life he may have lived some time in his car because he was we didn't even talk about that you're right during the, during the Christmas episode they have the final montage where everybody's like having like you know their Christmas moment 
and we see Jordan Catalano. Or Jordan Catalano. By himself. At that, I think he was at the fuck house by himself. No, no, he was in the <laughs> Some warehouse somewhere, yeah. whatever. He was drinking, like, Mad Dog 2020 or some shit. And smoking cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Like a hobo. Like shitty Christmas. <laughs> but, uh, so let's get back to the last episode. Like I said, it's it's, it's Cyril Debergiac. What was Brian thinking when he wrote the letter, though? Like, you, you had no... He didn't want to do it, but I think he felt some kind of obligation to, to Jordan. Hmm. Uh, I don't know why, but and I also think that he felt that maybe he could it could get out that he wrote it, you know, yep. and that maybe it would it would change your change your feelings towards him. Exactly. And just remember this: he he in the writing of his letter, he defines the word ironic to Jordan. This, I'm gonna come back to this in a minute. Yeah. But uh, I thought that uh, Jordan totally sucks. He ended up getting Angela to forgive forgive him through this letter. That was a super dirty play. Yeah, and he kind of he. So the weird thing is, is that he gets he finally is able to express his remorse, um, and what his true feelings are for Angela to Angela's mom. Yes, when he's I'm gonna when come back to that. Milk yep. and you, cookies you answer for me. Before I get there, it's good that uh, in this episode, Sharon and Rayanne become friends. Yeah, like they address what Rayanne did to Angela, and Rayanne says she has no friends, and she's like, "You have one friend," and that that was kind of sweet. Like I thought that was really good. Like it showed some some little bit of development. But to my point. Tell me how the fuck does Angela not know that Brian wrote that letter until Ricky told him? Ricky told her, rather. Yeah. I mean, so the dude can barely write. Like, dude, all of a sudden he's writing about they like, kinda, Well, they, they planted something earlier because, well, so Brian's tutoring him, right? Yes. So she's, think, she's obviously like, well, he's making progress, right? And he says that little bit, of, that little tidbit that, that Brian, that told Brian him. gave him beforehand. Yes. So she's like, oh, he's progressing. She wants more, right? And he can't give it to her at that moment because he, he needs He's Brian more. to feed him he another line. Right? Exactly. Totally freaking So out. then she... But, like, so when when Ricky tells her, her reaction isn't, like, shock. Her, rea- her reaction is kind of like... She's like, oh, I knew that. But it was shock. No, she but she told him she knew it so that... But it was like... Yeah, but I think, I think she kind of already did know, it seemed like to me. I don't know. It was like a no because remember because she probably subconsciously knew. Like like you said, like how does she Jordan, not know? Is what can, it is. Like he can't read. He can barely read. That's right? my point. No, because remember she when when Ricky tells her this, Angela has a look of hurt that goes across her face. I think it's because she it she probably knew it, but she didn't want to believe it, and I think she finally believed it. Fair enough. She um, goes to Brian, confirms it. Bert, and then, like, asks. She's the one, uh, yeah, it confirms it. Yeah. Brian's like, no, I didn't write it. You know, I just proofread it. So you proofread a love letter. like, And, and then it becomes clear that, you know, he that, she, that Jordan wrote it. Before that, what you said was correct. Jordan shows up at her house looking to pick up Angela. She and Patty have a conversation in the house. And uh, there's a line in there when Patty and Jordan are talking about how her, oh, Patty's old high school boyfriend, how he drove recklessly and how her parents wanted him dead. Jordan then says, ironic. I thought that shit was so hilarious. It was such a good, like, line. It was such a good scene. Like, they were, they were very, very good. So, back to the point. Like, uh, so yeah, they end up leaving, or, I'm sorry, Angela confronts him, Jordan comes out of the house, and Angela goes with Jordan. Yeah. Like, to your point, she was obsessed with him. I just didn't think that, that was, was going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew it was going to happen because I'm watching it, but I'm like, don't do it. You know, it's kind of like you were saying about watching... The Brewers watching Brazil. Yeah. You know it's gonna go on, but it's like uh, don't so want to happen. Here's the thing: when I when I when I watched it when I was younger, I wanted her to go with Jordan because I was 
I thought Jordan was the cat's pajamas. Yep. When I watch it now, when I'm older, it's just like, like don't, don't, just, and, and I necessarily don't want her to go with, I, I, what I think is that her best option would have been to say, fuck both y'all. I'm going to roll. Because she, she's basically being toyed with by both, her emotions are being toyed with by both of these guys. And I think the, but I mean, she can't make that decision at this point because she's got so much invested emotionally in Jordan Catalano. She just he, like gotten over got and came back friendship with, with Brian, yeah, and and it's just like to walk away from that whole thing now would would be catastrophic to her emotionally, I guess. But so yeah, I mean, I think it worked because it left it, and that's where that's that's your the lasting image. I was saying that is how the show ends. Yeah. Yep, so and. And I think it works because it's hard and you don't want to see it and that's what makes it good. Agreed. You're absolutely right. It was like, not train wreck watching, but it was like, you know you're coming to something bad and you still want to see what happens. Yeah. It was very good. And so, yeah, that's it. So basically, one of the things I found most interesting about the show was was the ending, you know, talking about Claire Danes and then, we can talk about that in a second, but the, I just want to talk about the show and how it reminded me, it surprised me what it reminded me of. I know it's going to sound lame to some people. I've made no secret I like science fiction. This show, though not science fiction, reminded me completely of the show Star Trek, in the sense that it was short lived. It was had an almost cult like following. There's growth per episode, but no growth per series. Kind of like they're in an anthology series where each episode is standalone. It's kind of influential as a show. It's super duper innovative. You know what I mean in terms of like being realistic at that time. Because none of the shows are realistic. Now to know it was a fake shit on Earth. Yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, super fake. You know what I mean? Like, none of the shows are real. That was, like, one of the first real, I'm just gonna, real shows. I'm going to have to take your word for it on that, because I don't know shit about Star Trek. <laughs> Fair enough. It's out of time or ahead of its time, which, which is what that show was. Yeah. And it's the starting point for some superstar careers, right? In sure. Star Trek, Leonard Nimoy and, and William Shander become superstars. Uh, and then and Jordan Catalano and Angela. So, uh, sure. Claire Danes and, and Jared Leto. There's also, like Star Trek... They had a letter writing campaign to keep the show on. So many letters were actually written that they put a scroll on the bottom telling people to quit sending letters that Star Trek will be back the next season. Yeah. This was the first show that had an online fan campaign sure. to keep the show on. Yeah. Like it was it was it wasn't the same show, so, of course not, but it just reminded me so much of Star Trek in that way. So yeah, so the show, if it would have went on, apparently uh, the uh, the creator, um, Wendy Holtzman, said that so these are some things that that she would have had planned out um, for a second season. So Angela and Jordan are together, obviously, because that's what we see at the end. Uh, Brian and Delia get together. Mm-hmm. Um, so he obviously mends that bridge. Uh, Brian and Angela talk to each other about their dysfunctional relationships, because obviously they're going to be dysfunctional because they they want to be with each other is probably going to be what the. Uh, um, what the theme would be. Uh, Ryan is trying to win back Angela. Uh, the school's going to find out that Mr. Katimski is gay. Uh, Sharon becomes pregnant, presumably by her, her jock oh, boyfriend. Um, Angela's parents end up splitting up because apparently Graham cheats on her with uh, Holly. Holly, Holly Lowenthal. Um, and Angela has to be more of the parent in the house um, because her, mo- her mom becomes depressed and Graham moves out. Uh, Ricky is living with an English teacher and gets into some kind of huge trouble. 
uh, and gets Patty helps get Patty out of her depression when she helps him out. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the the broad strokes that she she mentioned. Um, and there was also there was a there was a, a novel written called My So Called Life Goes On. Uh, it was written by Catherine Clark, and it's amazingly hard to find and amazingly expensive. So on Amazon you can you can buy it, but it's sixty five dollars used and two hundred and or three hundred and twenty six dollars and six cents brand new. And considering we have zero to no budget. On, on on this program, we did, Zero. Not, we did not purchase it. Like negative. So I had to scour the interwebs to find out basically what it was kind of about. And uh, it takes place over the summer after the show ended. Angela's with Jordan. Um, uh, she's she's working at it. Her father opens the restaurant. She's working at the restaurant. Uh, Sharon is still with with Kyle, the the, the boyfriend. Uh, Brian is um, still in love with Angela. Uh, but is apparently pursuing Delia, and uh, Brian sleeps with Rayanne's mom. That was that's the thing that was seen out of left odd. field. Yeah, <laughs> say the least. And and another uh, thing that I found. Uh, so there's a, uh, a my so-called life fan fiction website. That's funny. And there was a, there's a lot of lot of shit on there. It said that there's there's some scripts, some poems, short stories. Uh, there's some kind of like uh, fan fiction about Rayanne uh, Hellblazer. I don't know what exactly that was. It sounds like it may have been kind of interesting, but so it says there's over 1.5 million words written in fan fiction on the show. Damn. So I read, I just read the first one. The the and the there hasn't been a post on there since like 2010. So maybe me and you can <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll invigorate some more fan. Maybe fiction. one of our fans will bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was episode 20. And so I started reading it, and it said that uh, that so it, it took place right after uh, Angela comes back uh, for, with her supposed date with Jordan, and she apparently she tells her parents that they went out for dinner, and I just had such a crazy mental image of Jordan Catalano like like he didn't take her to fucking Olive Garden right like you said he probably made they probably went through the fast food. fast food place and went to another fuckhouse yeah like it's just like it that. It didn't make sense to me. Like he, he's he's kind of a sleazy. Not a he's not well, maybe not sleazy, but kind of sleazy. It, yeah, he and he he seems like the kind of guy that hangs out in lofts, abandoned warehouses, and and you know houses of ill repute. So that just seemed it seemed off to me. But there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. God knows what else is on in there, and and yeah. So um, so yeah, that's basically the rundown of the show and. One last thing we didn't even mention. This was actually kind of funny. There's a character that never appears, but he's referred to oh, in yeah. every episode. It's a guy named Tino. He's like the running joke, but we've never seen him. We never meet him. I thought that was kind of clever how they did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And he's always, he, I think, I don't know if he's mentioned in every episode, but he's mentioned a lot. Pretty much every episode. Yeah. And there was so much flannel on this show. Oh, my Lord. It's like quintessential 90s. Like just, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I mean, I still wear some flannel, but yes, I know you do. it's... Uh, God, yeah, everybody was wearing flannel. Patty was from Jaws 3. Yes. Yeah, yeah and she was. <laughs> Absolutely. So, as Brian is saying, there you have it. This is my so-called life. Uh, the thesis is that this show should have been renewed for a second season. Yeah. My my feeling towards this, and we're we're in a you know we're in a weird era uh, era time right now where like, all these you know they, they got the Harvey Weinstein sexual assault. They got 
cases, and then you got uh, now it turned out that uh, the first George Bush was groping women is kind of a sleaze, uh, groping women, assaulting women. You got Cam Newton saying it's funny to hear a girl uh, talk about routes, and it, it's kind of it, you have the photographer Tobek to- being yeah. accused well, of yeah, yeah, being sexual a, assault yeah, as well. A director and and just it's. It's good that this is all coming out, and I think it's important that women's point of views is being recognized and expressed, and I think this show did that just as well as anything in its time, and I think for for the for that reason, and, and like, like I said, I like, we were talking like, I understand the inherent hypocrisy of us mansplaining the show, dudes talking about but I think it's important, it's, it's, and like I said, my, my, my kids watch a show called Andy Mack. It's a female-driven show, yep. and I think that's great. And I think there needs to be more shows like that. I think this show should have been renewed for a second season. Um, how long it should have went on, debatable. I think at least it should have took us Angela through high school, where I would have liked to have seen her ditch those two dudes and move on mm. to understood, yeah, a, a better life. I but I, this is the same thing that always happens to me. Like I want to give it to it. But I kind of like the way it, the way it ended because it's almost perfect, and like, and what would have happened had it gone had it had it gone on? Do Jordan does Jared Leto and and Claire Danes end up becoming movie stars the way they do? Like, because yeah. shortly after this movie, right, Jared Leto does the Prefontaine, and that's what kind of makes him into a, a movie star. Like, well, he, he turns a rock star more than a movie star, though. Well, I mean, a little, I suppose he was, he was he was an artist for sure, but yeah. he does Prefontaine, which was highly acclaimed, highly highly reviewed, and then yes, he does starts making music, but also appears in some movies. And now he's in film all the time. He's well, yeah, a well-renowned actor, like Oscar-winning actor. Exactly. Yeah. And Claire Danes is essentially all over the place. She's on television movies for the last twenty years. Like, yeah. like we we liked her in that Romeo and Juliet. I thought that uh, I like that broke down palace movie she's in. And uh, not a lot of people do, but I like Terminator Three an awful lot. Like, you know what I mean? She's she's yeah. very I, yeah, she's, she's very good. And and I wonder the best part of that. And yeah. I wonder. I went back and forth. Went back and forth. And I'm still not sure. And I think that. That says all I have to say about it. I think that, I think that, I I don't think I'm gonna give it the alternative history. I think that I'm gonna leave it as it is. I think it's perfect because going back to some of the stuff we talked about, like Sons of Anarchy, that show went on too long. Like, yeah, I'm, what what happens when the show goes on too that's long? That's like I said. Like if if the show went on, I think it would have to. I would like to see it end. So she was a sophomore. Take us through junior, senior. Um. That'll take all. That'll that'll give us a good ending for all the characters because they'd be go, supposedly going on to different different things. So Jordan Callow would have been like twenty two years old. Yeah, he'd whatever, still yeah so. he'd still be hanging out in abandoned warehouses and you <laughs> know exactly. writing songs about his. He might have had a blue car at that point. Maybe, you know. So so there you have it. Brian does give it an alternative history. I do not give it an alternative history. Tell us what you think. Again, are we full of shit? Yeah, I mean, does the sound of my voice make you want to defenestrate yourself? Um, does do you have any uh, father home dental stories you'd like to or, uh, share? share with Let us, us know. Yeah. You can always reach us at the, at the at the uh, email account. We are at alternative history podcast at gmail dot com. Yep. Uh, and on Twitter, we're at Alternative History at Alt History PC. Again, we're on Google Play and iTunes. Please subscribe, please rate, and please comment. Peace. Have a good night. Thanks for listening.